Hey y'all, welcome to B-Sides and Deep Dives, a podcast that celebrates music off the beaten path. Back in the vinyl days, all the radio hits were on the front side of the record, but the treasures, the real good songs were on the other side, the B-Side. And in our modern music landscape, there is nothing better than finding an old school song or an artist long forgotten about on a deep dive. My name is Lisa, and I am a recovering Columbia House member with multiple musical personalities to the point that I must have a new playlist for every mood. And I'm Taya, a recovering mixtape maker and musical overthinker. Thanks again for tuning in to B-Sides and Deep Dives. We hope you like what you hear and that we bring a little bit of joy into your day. And if you do like what you hear, connect with us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us on Spotify the exclusive home for B-Sides and Deep Dives playlists. For me, Luther Vandross is probably the first artist that my mother loved that I also fell in love with. And it isn't just because his first album is worn into the grooves of my brain because my mother played it every day, multiple times a day, for a solid year. Although I'm sure that helped. (laughs) But if I think of a voice, of a sound that typified both the art and the science of the soul ballad, it's Luther. He knew when to breeze along with the melody, when to stand apart from it in a way that captured your attention. He knew when to croon, when to give you that deep, almost growling modulation, and when to soar into the rafters. He was a balladeer of the highest order. There was simply no one like him. Exactly. And that's why we have two, we have three playlists for Luther for that very reason. Um, We've never met a Luther song that we didn't like. He had more B-sides and hits, but if you were a fan of singing, you listened to a Luther album in its entirety and you had favorites that are timeless. I know uh, my bestie Krista, Krista and I love Promise Me to this very day. And all the songs we selected are songs that we love for both sentimental reasons and because they're just downright some of the best music of our generation. As a vocalist, Luther carried R&B on his back for a cool minute and he encouraged a generation of pruners like Freddie Jackson and Miles J back in the 80s and 90s. And a little fun fact, our first concert was going to see, um, we actually went to go see DeBarge, but they were opening for Luther. And in true Anne Helen form, we got there late and missed DeBarge. Right. I think we saw them waving on the way yeah, off the stage. But we will never forget Luther. That is the night I fell in love. This is one of our biggest playlists with over two and a half hours of music. And that's just on our main list. Everything (laughs) from ballads to up-tempo jams. We hope that you'll love these songs like we do. Yes, there's a lot of music. Luther's body of music is huge. Um, Three songs that just hop off of our playlists with an S for me are Promise Me, Um, I just love the bass line and I love the chorus. Um, 
the lyrics again i was young listening to this but singing it like i knew what he was talking about <laughs> um and um the song with Gregory Hines, There's Nothing Better Than Love. That song has huge sentimental value to me, but in addition, what I love about it the most is that Gregory Hines was a tap dancer. And he had an opportunity to sing with Luther, where Luther should have just blown him out of the water. Like it should have been no, it shouldn't have been fair, but there's something about the delivery and the pace and the tone and the tempo, the way Luther guides Gregory through the song. It's very, um, telling of his musical prowess and his ability to bring the best out of people um and then my my third one this is just you know one to light a candle to and pour some red wine and that is if only for one night yeah the piano on that just the intro alone will put you in your feelings immediately there's something very um hollow about it that I, I love how it just pulls you along and you're you're it's tugging at your heartstrings because it's not about a one night stand it's it's about a love um and the verses uh your eyes say things i never hear from you and my knees are shaking too i'm gone that's it it does me it gets me every time what are yours Taya? well i have um pick three as well one I know that we share which is don't you know that from mm, his first mm. album never too much uh, 1981 there's something so just sly and slick about this song it's really mm -hmm. irresistible it's like Luther has swag but he's also you know tender um, I don't even know if that's a thing <laughs> but it just it just and it also has this head nod appeal mm -hmm. um, and you know it's been sampled uh, subsequently yeah um, but it's heavy just D. yes heavy d um and so it's just like it just gives you that head nod and you're just like kind of laying back in the cut like yeah don't you know that um so i love that song um make me a believer from busybody that's 1983 um who doesn't love a soul song that starts off with superman right um i literally i am not i'm not kidding I put that on a million mixtapes. Not <laughs> kidding. That's a conservative estimate. I'm I'm serious. And I think it's just there's Maxell. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I would try to get like the 90 minute ones. Mm -hmm. Um, so I could put more music on there for people. And CDK. Um, <laughs> yes. 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 You know I know. <laughs> it, it's something so beautiful about this song, just sort uh -huh. of like the, you know, make me believe that this kind of sort of fantastic love is possible mm -hmm. um, and it really um, kind of nods to that sort of 70s ethereal kind of dreamy sound that you hear in like Minnie Riperton or even a little bit in some of Tina Marie's songs mm -hmm. um, so I really really love that song and then my last one is Other Side of the World and that's from the night I fell in love uh, 1985 um, oh my god what I love about that song, because a lot of Luther's songs have this lonely kind of outsider, standing on the outside of love quality to them, mm -hmm. um, which I really resonated with because, hey, angsty teenager. Yes. <laughs> angsty college student. Yes. <laughs> a partially angsty adult. Yes. Anyway, Hopeless romantic Leo. Right. Exactly. So it's like there's that quality of the song and then sort of the reversal, like, 
I was going along in my life and my whole life was really sad. And then, you know, so crazy how things can change your life. Now that mm. love is you, everything, everything is right. all right. And loneliness is now the thing that's on the other side of the world. Yes. Like yeah. it, it's just, it's one of the great sort of um, reversals mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in a soul ballad. And so right. please, please check those out. Um, I know that you'll love them. and and just check out like just there's so much emotion and so much feeling in Luther's music and emotion and feeling are perfect especially to end with other side of the world because it has a melancholy vibe but it actually has a happy ending you know a lot of Luther's songs play with our emotions um, and they leave you know the listener to consult his or her own feelings Um, you know because there's the music and then there's the musician right and Luther's themes of loneliness and love never fulfilled they they resonated with everyone they're like a universal theme especially in soul music I mean even in his earliest interviews you can tell that he wanted to be a soul musician Um, he talks about the Supremes and um, all the different girl groups because Luther actually his voice is so special because he studied group music he was a background singer before he was a soloist um and he performed you know he did commercials and jingles for airlines and potato chips you know and he took his time in his career and established himself first as a background singer with some of the hottest acts in the 70s he was singing back up with james ingram you know for Dionne warwick or diana ross or roberta flack and donny hathaway but he also was singing background music and co-writing with Carly Simon and Barbara Streisand, but it was David Bowie who he credits with giving him his big break. Shout out to Bowie. Yeah, that's that's Luther singing background on Young American, and you can hear his voice over the other background singers, but not to the point where he drowned them out. So in the 70s, he was in some groups, some disco groups, um, Chic and the group Change, and I know that we have some change on our playlist, yes. but um, he also covered the voice for a Saturday morning cartoon back in the day. He was a renaissance man for sure. And we um, definitely consider Luther an icon. As I said, the Luther Vandross list is one of our longest Um, And And so is this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So there's no way we could just focus on a few key songs. Here are some other gems and jams that we want you to check out. Yeah. Now for this one, I want to share with everybody one that blew my mind during my deep dive. So I'm a huge, one of my favorite songs in the entire world is Hot Butterfly by Shaka Khan, also known as Papillon. Well, I discovered that Luther also did a disco version of it, and it is on the playlist. I beg of you, if you don't listen to all three of our playlists in their entirety, please look for Hot Butterfly. It's special in so many ways. Um, And I love actually how he did it. Not better than Shaka, of course, but I love that he enunciates the words to the point where you can hear them and the the jingle is still there. All the things I love about that song, I love about Luther's version. And it got me to thinking, who did it first? I haven't researched that. I don't have the answer, but I will. Um, And then there's another song on here that just, I don't know, maybe it's personal, but um, I'd rather um, 
that was just one that did it for me. It may have had something to do with my life at the time. God only knows. But there's something about how he walks through the end of a relationship or not that just no one could have sung that song better. And I've never heard those concepts articulated so well. I love those choices, especially I wasn't familiar with either one. Um, so those are great additions to the list. It's even if you are um, a Luther aficionado, um, when I think of my other Luther faves, they always tend to be songs from those first five albums. Mm-hmm. But Luther also had some later stage songs that really got to me. Um, and I really love the first is Are You There With Another Guy? Um, that's from 2001, the self-titled album that had that instant cha-cha hit, Take You Out, on it. Um, and the truth is, I actually really love that song because it sounds like it could have been on Give Me The Reason or The Night That I Fell In Love. It really mm-hmm. throws back to those um, earlier projects. And it has that, again, that sort of familiar theme of sort of love that you want or that you're hoping that is sort of... Um, slipping away from you maybe um you're in sort of competition um for this love you know that you um hope to have but it has that sound um, Mm -hmm. that that quintessential luther sound that i really love um and then the second one um is are you using me and this is from 1998 um the album i know Um, And I'm a really, really big fan of Masters at Work and that sound. And Mm -hmm, so it was such mm -hmm. a delight for me to hear one of my favorite vocalists over like a soulful house track. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love, 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 love that song. And I put it on many, many um, uh, soulful house mixes that I've done. So yeah, so check some of those out as well. Um, And just, you know, there's so much about Luther so much. Um, to love. So check those tunes out as well. We left that one out for you to love. That's another one. But oh. I don't even want to, um, I don't want to belabor this, but to say that Luther had songs in every genre. Like you're talking about the house. I'm talking about the disco. We know about the R&B. We know about the jazz. Like he really was a very, well. he's an icon and he's the reason these playlists, there are three of them, exists and he's the reason that um we can't stop talking about luther okay so typically in our podcast we have a segment where we talk about unpopular opinions this is when we talk about songs that didn't make the cut and why they didn't I have to tell you right now that for Luther's body of work, there wasn't. It was hard for us to cut it to what we cut it to. And there isn't a song that I can name of Luther's that I am, I don't like. I love them all. We've never met a Luther song we didn't like. Um, So something we wanted to talk about in this segment is who's the next Luther? You know, there's big Luther, there's little Luther, but we know that there will never be another Luther. Um, So many of his most popular songs actually were remakes you know he he did always and forever a house is not a home i who have nothing if this world were mine but by the time luther blesses a song it forever becomes a luther song 
So what we did here was we tossed around for conversation. Where is the next Luther? Um, who's supposed to fill his shoes? Where are you at? You know, I think this is right up there with like, where's Jimmy Hoffa? I, <laughs> I really, I really struggled. Um, and we got a, um, we got this as a recommendation. Shout out to JT. Hey, JT. Um, uh, like to think about who is the next Luther. And I, I know in recent memory, uh-huh. um, the, the young man from okay now sound ancient. I know uh, the dude from American Idol. I put uh, his Ruben name in Stuttered. the comments for you. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Ruben Studdard really, um, really campaigned. He mm-hmm. campaigned mm-hmm. to be the next Luther. Um, he certainly, you know, did you know really nice versions of some of his classic songs, and and he really tried to sort of step into that place, but he never was able to. Um, yeah. And so when I really think back even thinking back to some people who were sort of closer to him in terms of contemporaries maybe you know people like Will Downing a a vocalist I really really love was he like the next Luther but it's just so hard because Luther just has some really um, distinct qualities that just make it difficult to sort of come after him and he was so technically proficient yes yes he was um you know we we happen to see a documentary where one of the artists referred to him as like michael jordan like mm-hmm. the michael jordan a vocalist mm-hmm. and of course as sports fans it's like of course we totally get that he really was that and and just as it's somewhat difficult to say who you know the next michael jordan was or is um that's not for this podcast it's no. difficult to really identify who who is the next Luther, who is the heir um, to what Luther established and started. Yeah. So as the children say, Reuben Stutter tried it, honey. He tried it. <laughs> but um, back in the day, you know, towards the late 90s, Luther was pretty much re-releasing best of and compilation albums. Um, he was really basically making room for anybody, somebody, anybody, step up and come for the crown. Um, I think about artists like Keith Washington, um, Freddie Jackson, who were already established, but they weren't able to really fill that gap. Um, Even Johnny Gill, but he just not quite. And then there were some newer crooners like Carl Thomas and Joe. Um, They had the voices and Joe really had the range. Yeah, Joe Joe was pretty close. It's just that Joe... I think the path that Joe mm-hmm. took mm-hmm. didn't really lend itself to him becoming like the Luther because Luther became like the gold standard yeah. versus, um, you know, I think Joe was somebody who was really more in the vein of or descendant of Luther, yeah. but, but wanted to be a part of, maybe out of necessity, the hip-hop soul movement. Yeah, and that's what I was going to tell you. It's not that Joe took a change. It was that music, soul music, took a hard left, really on Joe and even Carl Thomas and some of the other singers, you know. Um, somebody else I want to throw in here really fast when I go down this rabbit hole and then we're coming right back out is um, Montel Jordan. You know, hip hop and R&B. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Yes. No. Let me finish. Let me finish. I'm going to tell you that if you listen to his ballads, you can see that he had the ability, but the direction he was going was also more hip hop. And so, and this is a name that I 
I don't want to put here because uh, his octave range is different, but I'm going to throw out, you know, the, the Nat King Cole. I'm going to throw out Brian McKnight for a second, just for a second. Brian oh. McKnight had the production and the musical ability, the musicality, but Brian's voice, you know, the depth and range of his voice, it was a different, not worse, not better, but different than Luther's, you know, his range was up there a little bit higher. Um, and before you before you cut me, let me just tell, throw in Keith Sweat, and I want to tell you about Jodeci and Jaheim. These are guys that have voices, but the direction that hip hop R and B thing forced these guys out of crooning and ballads. And let me tell you who's not written down here. And I promise this was going to be a short section, but I forgot to mention Peebo Bryson. Okay, let me. All right, come on, Kanye. I don't want to be like. Samuel L. Jackson and Pulp Fiction will allow me to retort. <laughs> uh, but I, okay, let me let me start by saying, Brian McKnight, I see you there. Okay, okay I see okay, you there. Okay. Um, and thinking about his, especially his his first project, and just kind of mm. the the lane that he tried to carve Ooh. out for himself. One last I time. I do feel like he was headed in that direction i think he he also got pulled a little bit into um the hip-hop soul movement because you could not be it's it's mm -hmm. sort of like if you didn't have that you know that little beat in the back of your music it wasn't going to get played right so <laughs> i just don't so i to your point, we can't really fault the singers. Montel Jordan, I just feel like that's blasphemous. But you sure didn't why. listen you, because you, didn't, have you to don't listen know none of his ballads. Yeah, yeah, so I have to listen to his ballads and then I can be sort of, you know, I'll think about that. Okay. Keith Sweat should have never been mentioned. Oh. Keith Sweat can barely sing. Like, yo, I. No. So first is Albie Shore and today it's Keith Sweat. Something, okay. something, something, something just ain't That right. was a classic album. He will <laughs> never, he will never, ever, he will always have respect. He will always be iconic for that album. Like mm -hmm. that make it last forever. You put that mm -hmm. on now, everybody's cha cha I'm not, I'm saying when you think about the the type of vocalist okay. that Luther Vandross was, you cannot put Keith Sweat next to Luther Vandross okay. talking about he. <laughs> All right, take Keith Sweat <laughs> off the list. Take him off. Take it, and so now, and what, uh, what I will say, especially about Jodeci, because Come through, those dudes could just sing, but it's a different kind of singing. It's like a flat foot, churchy, like um, South Carolina singing. Right, right. And so that's why I don't think of them in the same vein. Um, I guess. Yeah, it, it's no, really difficult for me to think of somebody, but but when you mention Brian McKnight, I feel like okay, maybe. So yeah, because you know, so in my mind map, as I'm making the circle, like mm -hmm. Joe comes to the top for me. Brian McKnight is an afterthought only because of his pitch and his range, but he's a musician. He's still out there putting out music. Peebo comes as I'm talking. Keith Sweat, Jodeci, and Jaheim, they fall in the category of R&B was no longer uh, pursuing and putting up crooners. True. And that's, to me, the, the, there was a, a vacuum that Luther left. 
and soul music and black music said, we, we can't replace Luther, let's not. I thought at one time Johnny Gill would, you know, try to do it. But, you know, Johnny Gill got a lot of flack for trying to be a crooner. I think part of part of the challenge with Johnny Gill is that Johnny Gill is, um, I think he wanted to be a crooner. And certainly he has the ability. He has such a great voice that he can uh-huh. do like that one, that project that he did, the initial one right after... Um, any heartbreak that he did uh-huh, with yes. um, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I There's some really great mm-hmm. tunes on that that there you kind go. of show that capability. Mm-hmm. But I think he is really more like when I think of uh, soul artists that he descends from, it's definitely more the Teddy Pendergrass, maybe OJ's sort of tree okay. of artists versus okay. Luther. Okay. Kibo is actually probably a contemporary. Of he Luther is. He is. So because he's Jackson. not. And, and it makes me wonder now that you bring him up, why didn't Pebo ascend? Like Pebo did have his moment in the sun, mm-hmm, certainly mm-hmm. his Disney moment, where right. he was sort of more well known, kind of in a mainstream way. But I do wonder um, why Pebo did not ascend the same way that Luther did. I do too. And that's definitely for another uh, podcast because <laughs> Peebo, I was reluctant to put him on here. I didn't know you were just going to drop kick Keith Sweat, but I really was thinking more of Joe and Carl Thomas initially. But for the sake of not belaboring this, I think it's safe for us to say that there will never be another, never. another Luther. And I don't care how you produce it now, what tracks you put under it. These new guys don't have the chops and they're not students of the music. Brian McKnight comes the closest. I think it'll be safe to say. So Luther is such a conversational starter that we took to social media and we received a lot of feedback from our Facebook family chiming in on the subject of Luther Faves. And we wanna shout out all of you who visit our pages and leave comments. Please keep that same energy throughout this journey. This is a group project. (laughs) Having said that, I just wanna share some, um, give some shout outs to Carrie Alan Davis picked here and now. A house is not a home was a runaway favorite. Um, Anne from Anna from Virginia and my roomie Wendy, as well as my bestie Krista, who knows how important Luther Live in London is for so many reasons. And Luther has so many iconic hits, so many iconic songs. Um, and another fave that a lot of our listeners shouted out, and one that you must hear if you're not familiar with him at all, is Never Too Much. It's his first solo song. And it, along with the equally iconic Before I Let Go, is like guaranteed to get any backyard barbecue or family reunion going immediately. Absolutely. So definitely take a listen. We feel like... Um, Never Too Much is the mic dropper. Like when that song starts, you see the album cover, you see the leather jacket and you have to two-step. It is infectious and it is everything. Um, You put uh, down that it's just, it's one for the ancestors and that's what we'll call it.
You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. Our playlist is exclusively on Spotify, but there's a space between the letter B and the word sides. <laughs> it's between the B and the S. So it's B space sides and deep dives in the search bar. Once you find us, follow us. It's free. And that way you can listen to our songs and even let us know your thoughts. You'll also be notified when we update. Did I mention that Spotify is free? So tell us what you think on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are B-Sides and Deep Dives across all platforms. And don't forget to check out the other lists that we've posted and let us know what you think. Thanks for listening. And we'll, and see, we'll see you, you on, on the, the B-Side. B-side.